0: Hello and welcome to the Bible Difficulties and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Smith. Did the trailer for this podcast whet your appetite for more? As for me, I am excited about sharing this journey with you starting in January. I thought we'd spend the next several weeks, though, discussing some terms and Christian apologetics arguments as a primer for our journey throughout the Bible. Where do we start? Today we begin the first of five introductory podcasts. How about we talk about that term Christian apologetics first? Like, what does it even mean? When I've discussed the term Christian apologetics with friends, on more than one occasion, if their eyes didn't roll, was to reply with something like, I don't need to apologize at all for being a Christian. (laughs) And that's funny, and I understand the reaction. So let's define Christian apologetics. Grace Theological Seminary describes thusly, the intellectual defense of the truth of the Christian religion. In essence, to enjoy a fully devoted walk with Christ involves not just your heart, but your mind as well. It's not just enough to say, I believe, but it also involves the reasons why you believe. If I were to ask you to describe your favorite sports team, recording artist, favorite movie, etc., I suspect you would tend to get a bit passionate defending something you hold near and dear to your heart. This is what Christian apologetics is. It's a passionate defense of the truth of the Christian religion. It's simple, but it's also complex at the same time. But why the word apologetics? Again, using the Grace Theological Seminary's explanation, the word apologetics itself stems from the Greek word apologia, which means simply an answer given in reply. Think of it less as a debate and more like telling your friend about this buried treasure chest you found. You're convinced this chest holds an infinitely invaluable treasure, but your friend has got some questions. So we have two things, really. Number one, an intellectual defense of the truth of the Christian religion. And number two, an answer given in reply to questions. And that's good stuff, right? Well, keep in mind what I mentioned earlier. A fully devoted walk with Christ involves your heart as well as your mind. If we focus just on the intellectual arguments without our heart being aligned with Christ, we have what a pastoral friend of mine described recently as raising up a group of really smart sinners. Boy, I wish I could claim that line myself. Focusing on our mind and understanding the reasons for our faith is based in scripture as well, too. Luke ten twenty-seven 27 teaches, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Now, this is the part where the rubber meets the road. Raising your kids in church with regular attendance, you can see so many of them open their hearts to Christ, and that's great. But why do we see so many of these Christian kids walk away from their faith? as they leave home for college or work. As noted Christian apologist Frank Turek often says, they don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. That's where Christian apologetics comes in, giving good reasons for the faith and why it's true. And this is so important for parents who are growing kids. Being able to give good reasons for the faith will help their kids so much as they enter life on their own, when friends and others try to convince them that their faith is wrong. So you may be asking, why are you discussing Christian apologetics when the goal of this podcast is to discuss difficult Bible passages? And if you did ask that question, it's a really good one. Simply put, a lens of Christian apologetics is a great way to help us understand passages that may seem difficult at first. In essence, the entire Bible is the unfolding of a single bloodline that allows us from being separated from God to being united with Him. Now, of course, I am fascinated by the work these Christian apologists do on behalf of the Kingdom, and my role is to comb through their arguments and give a summary of their research and presentations to help us understand difficult Bible passages. So who are the current Christian apologists working today? First though, I should mention the late Norman Geisler, founder of the Southern, Evangel- Southern Evangelical Seminary, excuse me, whose book serves as our launching pad for our podcast each week. Today, though, there are noted academicians such as J.P. Moreland, Iola University, and William Lane Craig of Houston Christian University, who submit peer-reviewed journal articles on Christian apologetics. And both of the individuals I mentioned here have a really clear way of explaining their research. Next, there are what I refer to as, quote, million-dollar apologists, uh, end quote, not for their income, but for their way of taking some extremely technical arguments and making them really easy to understand and digest. Examples of these apologists would be the aforementioned Frank Turek and former cold case detective J. Warner Wallace and It's not just a male centric group noted Christian apologists. Melissa Doherty Alyssa Childers and Natasha Crane are doing some really interesting work as well The individuals I just mentioned as well as others as we move throughout the Bible will help us uh, Getting to the difficult text and and what it actually means so now that we've given a definition of Christian apologetics, along with some wonderful practitioners of the subject. A question you may be asking yourself is, great, glad we have folks who are doing this type of work, but why do I really need to care about it? From the Stand to Reason website, Arthur Tim Barnett gives a nice detailed answer to this very question. Let me kind of briefly summarize here. Mr. Barnett uh, begins by mentioning the overarching question of what is Christian apologetics. Simply put, Christian apologetics is given a reason or defense for the Christian faith. Super. We're all on the same page on what we discussed earlier. Next, he delves into two areas worth exploring regarding this topic, positive apologetics and negative apologetics. And both are important. Number one, positive apologetics involves giving an argument for Christianity, for example, uh, giving arguments for God's existence or the reliability of the Bible, and that's what we'll spend the next four weeks discussing here. Number two is negative apologetics, and that involves answering objections about Christianity. For example, answering the problem of evil. That being said, Christians, we should take the time to explore both positive and negative apologetics to give a reason or a defense for our faith. He then lists four specific reasons why believers should be practicing Apologetics in our daily lives. Let me go through those right now. Number one, the Bible commands it. Barnett states apologetics is not optional. Every follower of Christ is instructed to be an apologist. Let me give you a few verses to back this up. Some scripture to refer to here are first Peter three fifteen, Colossians four, five through six, second Corinthians ten, four through five, Philippians one seven, and Jude three. Those are worth exploring in your daily Bible study. Barnett concludes this area with, As we've seen, God commands apologetics. Therefore, those who refuse to make a defense or answer each question are disobeying God's command. So why do apologetics? Well, the Bible commands it, and that alone should be reason enough. But that's not the only reason why we do apologetics. Number two, the culture demands it. Barnett writes, and I quote, The late philosopher and theologian Francis Schaeffer referred to apologetics as pre-evangelism. This is the idea that God uses well-reasoned answers and arguments as a springboard to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his book, Mere Apologetics, Oxford theologian Alistair McGrath says, Apologetics lays the ground for the invitation, evangelism extends it. For example, it makes no sense to talk about the Son of God who communicates the Word of God and performs the acts of God and brings the salvation of God unless there is a God. Apologetics lays the groundwork for belief in God through arguments and evidence. In addition, the culture is deeply saturated in three dominant philosophies. The first is relativism, second pluralism, and third naturalism. Relativism says there is no absolute truth. Religious pluralism says there's no exclusive truth in religion. All views in religion are equally true. And naturalism says there is no supernatural faith. Do you see a problem in doing evangelism in this cultural climate? We are presenting an absolute truth to a relativistic culture, an exclusivist message to a pluralistic culture, and a supernatural view to a naturalistic culture. It's no surprise that Christians are confronted with questions like, How can jesus be the only way has science proven that miracles are impossible and who are you to force your morality on me these questions grow out of the soil of a secular worldview apologetics responds to these questions at the worldview level not only does the bible command apologetics but culture demands it as well number three the church needs it again quoting barnett this fact cannot be overstated We just looked at how apologetics is pre-evangelism to the culture. However, apologetics is also post-evangelism to the church. The challenges to faith don't evaporate once you become a Christian. In fact, they intensify. And that's where apologetics comes in. Arguably, the most important generation of the church is the next generation. Yet all the research we have shows that approximately three in five young people disconnect from their church by the age of 15. How do we help curb the next generation's drift away from God? Well, the answer is yes, you guessed it, apologetics. Consider the research of David Kinnaman, president of Barna Research. In 2012, Christianity Today summarized Kinnaman's findings into six reasons why young people leave the church. What's interesting about the list is that each of the six reasons, each of the six reasons relates in some degree to apologetics. If the church would begin to take the life of the mind more seriously and equip its young people to understand and defend their faith, we can meet those challenges head on. The church desperately needs apologetics because it helps provide real responses to the reasons people leave the faith. And fourth and last, the results confirm it. Barnett concludes, apologetics works. That's why we have evidence of people coming to a knowledge of the truth through apologetics. For instance, there are multiple occasions in Scripture where the disciples model using reason and evidence, and people are persuaded as a result. You can see Paul employing apologetics in Thessalonica in Acts 17, 1-4. There are also many contemporary stories of people coming to know God and trust God through apologetics. These include C.S. Lewis, Lee Strobel, J. Warner Wallace, Nabil Karishi, Abdu Murray, and many others. Why apologetics? Well the Bible commands it, the culture demands it, the church needs it, and the results confirm it. Taken individually, each reason each reason should motivate us to engage in apologetics. However, if you're taken all together, they provide a powerful apologetic for apologetics. Each of the resources that I mentioned are listed in the show notes. And this leads us to how we'll spend the next four weeks of our introduction. I think this is important to get a grounding of two things. Number one, does God exist? And number two, can we be sure the New Testament is actually reliable? So looking forward to our podcast next week when we discuss the cosmological argument for why God exists. Please reach out to me directly at our email address, Answers at gmail.com with questions, comments, concerns, fits of righteous indignation, or just to say hi. Also, please like and subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Pocket Cast, or your podcast venue of choice. It really does help get the word out about the most amazing book that's ever been written. Again, I'm Lance Smith. Until next time, I wish you good luck, good health, and God bless. So long, everybody.